I'm so fucking frustrated. <laughs> I can't, I think I t can't even technically name the previous episode Unfuck Qui-Gon Jinn because I don't think I actually said that in the time that I, um, uh, the, the time that I had, um, but I'll just call this Unfuck Qui-Gon Jinn Part 2. Um, ah, oh, I, li um, yeah, should've, should've trust the, 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 the should've trusted in my instincts, um, and believed in the force or whatever the fuck. Um, so I guess I'm gonna go back to where I thought I was, um, um, I was looking for something. Uh, you remember only the last man in the galaxy you still thought you could trust has been lying to you since the day you met and you're not even angry about it. Um, okay, I'm just gonna... Oh my god, I had 40 minutes of like really good, really good thoughts. Guys, it's lost. Remember... Um... Okay. So let me, let me, let me put myself back into the mindset of Katie from... 40 minutes ago. Jesus. Um, what was I, what was I talking about? I was talking about the fact that, um, Palpatine is like, you don't need to hide anything from me. Um, Obi-Wan didn't know because he thought it was an open secret. Um, okay. Okay. I'm angry and I'm frustrated again and it's good. Okay. So one of the other things that, um, there's another like sort of uh, this is how it feels to be Anakin Skywalker right now. Things, um, the this like this sort of second second position, second person um, thing. Excuse me. Um, so it says, uh, you don't remember putting away your lightsaber. You don't remember moving from Palpatine's private office to his larger public one. You don't remember collapsing in the chair where you sit now, where you now sit. Nor do you remember drinking water from the half-empty glass that you find in your mechanical hand. You remember only that the last man in the galaxy you still thought you could trust has been lying to you since the day you met. And you're not even angry about it. Only stunned. Um, and, you know, it, it goes on a little bit longer than that. But, like, the, the, the important thing here is that, uh, you know, we already, we saw Obi-Wan get um, uh, how much he didn't want to tell Anakin to, like, spy on Palpatine. But, you know, he does anyway, and Anakin sees that, like, as a, a violation of his trust. And we have Palpatine feeding him him lies about how, like, Obi-Wan is conspiring with the Senate to overthrow the, 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 the um, Chancellor position and stuff like that. And so Anakin does really think that, like, this is the last man that, like, you know, he had to trust, and now he can't. Um, and then Palpatine goes on to say, like, after all, Anakin, you're the last man who has a right to be angry f at someone for keeping a secret. What else was I to do? And so we just get to see how vile Palpatine is and how much of a, like, master manipulator he is that, um, you know, he frames, uh, he frames, um, Obi-Wan as the bad guy. Um, I already talked about the fact that Yes, this kid has no sleep. Yes, he he frames um, Obi Wan as the bad guy, um, for, for for keeping a secret or whatever the fuck. He frames himself as like sympathetic because oh hey Anakin, you and I both keep secrets, right? And you know it worked out fine for you. Um, and so it's just ugh, he's 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 manipulating this kid so well in in these um, in these days that he has has not slept. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what it is, but book Palpatine sounds so much more convincing than movie Palpatine. It could just be that he has, like, 
more um, i'm sorry i'm just looking at this and i'm immediately thinking god if i talk for, for another 40 minutes and then this also does not hold up i'm gonna be so sad um but uh maybe it's just because he talks more I mean, he, has, he has more lines or something like that but he just like he feels so much more wilier um i, I don't know what it is um he also he does this thing where he like he, you know tries to pit the the republic versus the jedi council um Again, where he like pits himself versus the Jedi Council, um, he 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 tells Anakin, uh, perhaps it's not that. Perhaps it's simply a question of whether you love Obi Wan Kenobi more than you love your wife. Um, is this where I did? I already have the conversation about um, how much I hate people who ship Obi Wan and and Anakin. I think so. I think that was a while ago. Yeah. Um, but no, in, in any case, again, we have um, Obi-Wan and Padme being pit against each other. And, you know, whereas um, we, we see Obi-Wan in his conversation with Padme say, like, he cares so much about the two of them. He loves the both of them. He, like, you know, really loves Anakin enough to know that, like, you know, if Padme makes him happy of course, like, he should be with Padme. Like, even if it goes against what I've been teaching him, even if it goes against, like, the Jedi code that I stand for, like, I want Anakin to be happy, and that means that he gets to stay with Padme no matter what. Um, and so, it, like, it hurts because, like, there's no reason for them to be pit against each other, but yet Palpatine is doing that, and he is, you know, framing Obi-Wan for having sex with Anakin's wife. He's... Um, making him out to be the bad guy and it and it hurts because you're like he's not if they just had this conversation it would be fine um um the other thing that's really cool is um later on there's this this brief point of view from mace windu uh, from mace windu and he there, there's this thing where it just says um, he has an attachment, a secret love, the Republic, and we find out that like Mace really cares about this Republic that like protects its people and stuff like that, and he would do anything to like save it. Um, and I think that this is another thing that this book does is it like starts to break down these ideas of like the perfect Jedi that we have. Um, we have uh, you know Anakin who's um, you know in love with Padme. We have. Obi-Wan, who loves Anakin enough to, like, recognize the fact that he would sacrifice a lot more than he should be willing to, to, to save him. Um, we have Mace Windu, who's like, I love the Republic so much that I will, like, put aside my morals in, in order to, to, to save it. Um, we later see Yoda, who, um, starts to realize that the thing that he was super attached to was the, the Jedi Council and the Jedi Way, and that he was, like, too reluctant to, to let it go and to let it change. Um, and so we start to see all of these people who have these, all of these Jedi who have these obsessions, who have these love, these secret loves or whatever, um, be they a person, a place, an ideal, what have you. Um, which is exactly what I was, I was saying before of like a person, place, ideal. Um, when I was talking about like my attachment versus obsession versus, you know, stability and stuff like that. Um, but this is where we start to see that breakdown. Um, this this idea that like a Jedi never loves anything and a Jedi is never attached to anything. Um, and this is this is where it gets frustrating because you're like, if Anakin just talked to these people and like if they just like fucking they spoke with their words and didn't try to be all coy and whatever, like he would realize that like, you know, 
Obi-Wan cares about him as much as he cares about Obi-Wan and that's like against the code or whatever that that even like the the, the two like most prolific masters on the, the the council Windu and Yoda both also have like these attachments and stuff like that um but yeah it's really cool the other thing that is super cool about this book um is uh they've got this this bit um so right when Palpatine is going to get um get got by Mace Windu and Kit Fit Kit Fitzo, my brother's favorite Jedi um and co um he there's like what we get instead is we cut to like the the following is an audio recording that was played for the Senate as evidence of blah 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 blah. It's like and then it shows like like Palpatine colon it's words 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 Mace Windu colon like dialogue 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 um and like I love that shit when it's done well like the sort of you know I I was I said almost these exact words forty fucking minutes ago um could have could have saved myself the trouble and looked up the words but i'm like i don't remember what it's called is it intertextuality like conglomeration of media multimedia experience i i don't know what it's called um didn't look it up afterwards but like when they put like emails into it or like um like news headers or like brief like flashes of like you know the news um or like you know when it's done well um like it's fun when it's done in in um uh like throughout the entire throughout the entire book like i get that that's really fun but like this doesn't feel out of place in here like this is the only time they really do that um i guess they sort of mention this at the beginning when they're talking about like the hollow net and like people and stuff like that but they don't really show like very specific it's still like clearly narrative um but this little thing like it's so fun because one we get to see exactly how palpatine like engineered this to 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 his his favor that he like only says words that like will be good um uh to, to hear in in court and he kills the recording once he starts to actually like you know maybe it's time to kill all these jedi um and um two it's also like we get to see a little bit more of like what he's showing the the senate that like convinces them that the jedi are so bad um and so it's just this tiny little piece and then we actually like replay the scene and then we see it like how it actually happened and it's so it's such a fun little 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 thing that i i love and it doesn't feel out of place even though this is the only time that they do that and i don't know i don't know how this author does this i need to like figure out who this author is and what else they've written because i'm like so in love with this book note to self um find author okay what else um this book has anakin walk in on the fight between mace windu and the chancellor which i think is kind of whack i think the movie like he he only walks in when the chancellor is about to like beef it um and so he like sees mace as like uh this um He's like angry that Mace Windu is gonna kill his his BFF, and is like, don't do that. Um, but this one kind of like, I don't know, I don't know how, whether or not I like this, but it like gives him more of like a oh shit, like that actually is the Chancellor kind of kind of vibe. Um, and Mace Windu has this line that he like says to Anakin like right about when he's about to kill Palpatine is like, would you have taken Dooku alive if you could have? Um, and I don't think that's in the movie either. And it's this nice parallel between. Anakin and killing Dooku and and Mace killing Palpatine and Anakin like kind of can't see that and can't like rectify 
like he, he can't um he doesn't agree with that that parallel which is kind of which hurts a little bit um the thing that i think is is really important about this is that we i think anakin's fall to vader and his sort of like trajectory with that is so much more clear and so much more not realistic but like realistic and understandable in the book um and that's not to say that it isn't super understandable in the movie but i think that there's a there's a point at some point when you're watching this that you like you just start to feel a disconnect from anakin you you stop sympathizing with him um it's probably right around the time when he starts murdering children um maybe a little bit earlier but like um there is that sort of disconnect there is this like uh, okay i can't excuse him anymore um, versus I think the book sort of holds on to him and his, his, uh, thought process and stuff like that for long enough that like you, you still pity him at the end of it. Um, and part of that comes from this one scene where he, when he, when he goes to pledge himself to, to, uh, Palpatine and Sidious is like, you know, pledge yourself. And he goes, I can't, um, I came to save you, like to, to make sure you were taken into custody and not killed, um, not to betray my friends. And he like has this back and forth with Palpatine for like a little bit, like a, a solid chunk of time. Um, and Palpatine's like, it's them or me, or really it's, it's them or Padme. And he keeps trying to, you know, leverage Padme against him. Um, and it's just, it shows so much more this sort of fall that Anakin is making and how difficult a decision this is, as opposed to like the movie where I think he like pretty much like kills Mace Windu and then is like, what have I done? And then um, is like, okay, I guess I'm a Sith now. Um, but yeah, so I like it a little bit better. Um, they again don't mention the, the uh, clone chip, which I think is weird wait because if they maybe maybe ventress was like in another story or something like that that took place during the clone wars before like the clone wars movie or um uh, show was a thing but i'm like they definitely like i'm so confused by this chip um anyway the the one thing i will say is that the uh, Order 66 scene, I think, is one of the, the few things that the movie does a lot better than the book. Um, and it could be because of the music in particular. It just, like, it hurts um, to watch that. Um, but, like, I love the sort of, like, flash, flash, flash of, like, these different Jedi falling and, like, being able to witness these clones sort of, like, turn on them. Um, it Like, I don't know, something about it hurts more. Um, they don't do the sort of like flash, flash, flash thing that I expected in this book, um, because I remembered reading it in the Rogue One novelization, um, of like showing these like sort of normal day-to-day -day life things when, when the, the Death Star fires on them. Um, but, uh, I don't know, instead they say something like, and, and all around the galaxy, Jedi die, Jedi fall, or whatever it is. Um, and so it's like... I don't know. It's powerful in a different way, but I think the movie it hurts worse. That's that's my my conclusion. Um, uh, there's also this brief scene in between C three PO and R two when Anakin goes to stop by uh, Padme's when he's like, "I'm off to Mustafar." Um, 
uh, all the Jedi are traitors, and Padme's like, what? Oh my god, no! And he's like, yeah, um, see ya. It, everything's gonna be fine, bye. And Padme's like, oh my god, what the fuck's going on? Um, and so we don't really get much of their conversation. Like, we we get bits and pieces of it as C-3PO, like, overhears it or whatever and, t- and comments on it. But, like, we straight up, like, we just ignore them and focus instead on 3PO and R2, which I think is so cool. Like, I love these sort of, like, little, like, I don't know, asides that they have. Um, and there's this, there's this good exchange between them where like R2's like, I don't, everything's confusing right now. And C-3PO's like, oh, well, you, you, you clearly, you must know more than I do. You can't be more confused than me. And R2's like, nobody can be more confused than you, 3PO. <laughs> and it's really ridiculous. Um, but there's also this line that R2 has where he says, um, I don't know, Anakin doesn't talk to me anymore. That just kind of like, hurts a little bit like okay because i know i know i was just talking about um droid uh personhood and stuff like that but like r2 is kind of also seen a little bit like as as sort of like somewhere between like a person and a robot and a pet almost um and so like i I, you know as much as i want him to be a person i also think about like you know people who have like dogs who will like talk to their dog and and like you know, express their emotions to their dog because they, they, like, all they can give is, like, unconditional love and happiness and stuff like that or whatever the fuck. And, like, R2, I think, serves as, like, a similar, like, halfway in between that and, um, like, a person. And so it's, it's, like, it's kind of heartbreaking that, like, Anakin doesn't talk to him anymore. Um, yeah. We, oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm just reading through my my list of things and I just realized that I get a second chance to do a really really funny bit that I that I was gonna do before um we we don't get the Anakin killing youngling scene where he like steps into the temple and the the one kid's like sir like there are people here what do we do and he like lights his lightsaber and the kid takes a step back and it's like ouch um and instead we just uh, get the sort of later on thing of Obi-Wan looking through the, the security footage. And I think what this what this effectively does is um, it takes us out of Anakin's shoes for a little bit and instead makes us like see stuff from Obi-Wan's point of view where he's he's the person who's like having this information revealed to him and we sort of like, we don't know what's going on in the temple until we do. Um, I can't say which way is better than the other. I think this way works better like sort of in book Ville, um, then and then I think the other way would, but I don't know. There there is that sort of like powerful thing of like seeing Anakin's face when he's about to murder this like innocent child that like kind of chills you to your bone. Um, um, instead, what we get is um, o- Obi Wan f- figuring out that like everybody's dying and he's like talking about the kids and he's saying like we took them from their homes we promised their families like they'd be safe and stuff like that and you're like ouch um and he's like i i need to go watch this 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 tape and yoda's like seeing will only cause you pain and he's like then then it is pain that i have earned i should have let them shoot me blah 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 blah. and so like the scene of watching the recordings hurts so much more um it goes into like a little bit more detail and it really like emphasizes Obi-Wan's reactions to it. Um, I think that the scene in the movie was like really, really understated. Like they don't, they don't really like, I I don't think I talked about this when I was talking about the movie, Um, but it's really short and it's kind of like, 
not as emotional. Like, I, I don't think it's as, as drawn out as I think it should be. Um, and the book really does it justice. Um, the other thing that's like going on sort of around the same time is Padme, um, again, is like telling like Bail Organa that he like has to vote for Palpatine and he has to kind of like worm his way into like the the Senate, like hold on to his, his footing in the Senate because um, uh, they need somebody to be like sort of on the inside and he hasn't like been a, a bad guy yet. And um, I think it's really good because, like, again, we sort of see the seeds of, like, the rebellion and, and where that's going. Um, also, it just, again, gives Padme more to do than just be a fucking baby carrier, um, which I am so pro. Um, and now, and now, I will repeat performance. Um, I'll, I'll go, I, the last time I did this, I did a really good, like... A weird old southern man voice. I'm gonna try for Cockney and see if that and see if that goes well. Um, I'm not sure it will, but um, the best scene in this, the best, the best. Uh, I don't know who came up with this idea, but the best thing um, in this book is how Obi Wan and Yoda manage to break back into the Jedi Temple. Um, and so I think I gave too much away the first time that I uh, that I recorded this this, um, so I will just read this. Um, so when a ragged, drooling hunchback lurched out of the gloom nearby, a bundle cradled in his arms, Decoy Squad Five took it for granted that he was a threat. Blasters appeared with miraculous speed. Halt! Identify yourselves. No, 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 your graces. Oh no, I'm being here to help. You see, I'm on your side. No, I'm sorry. I'm going back to. <laughs> I'm going back to my weird old man because I can't do a Cockney accent anymore. It's just fake Australian. No, 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 your graces. Oh, no, I'm being here to help. You see, I'm on your side. The hunchback slurped a drool back into his slack lips as he lurched toward them. Look at I got here. I mean, look, it's a, ba a Jedi babby, isn't it? The sergeant of the squad squinted at the bundle in the hunchback's arms. A Jedi baby? Ooh, sure, sure, your grace, Jedi Babby sure has a lid as, uh, come from out your temple, didn't it? Look it. The hunchback was now close enough that the sergeant could see what, what, uh, he carried in his filthy bundle. It was a baby, sort of. It was the ugliest baby the sergeant had ever seen, alien or not, wizened and shriveled like a worn-out purse of moldy leather, with great pop eyes and a toothless idiot's grin. The sergeant frowned skeptically. Anybody could grab some deformed kid and claim it's anything they want. Uh, how do you know it's a Jedi? The baby said, My lightsaber, the first clue would be, hmm? <laughs> anyway, just... This fucking baby ruse. <laughs> like, they're in the middle of a fucking, like, the worst, literal worst day of their lives. They're in the middle of their worst day of history literally every single one of their friends and family except for like one of them has died and the one that didn't die is the one that's been killing all of the rest of them and they decide to take the time to dress yoda up like a fucking baby and, and tell um obi-wan to give to to do a funny accent so they can get into the theater the thing like I'm just, I'm dead. I was like crying. I was laughing so hard. I was crying at this point. Um, here's the thing. Like this book does this sort of like com comedic relief very well. Um, I don't know if it was like fully necessary at this point. Like in the movie, at least I was like, my anxiety was increasing, increasing, increasing as the, the, the thing was going on. And um, kind of in a, like 
in a way that like was not you know it like was not tableauing like that's not the word for it um it was not leveling off um and maybe that has to do with like the movie and the sort of like increase of like like literal pacing of like how fast the words are being said and like the the lightsaber battles and stuff like that um but um I don't know whether or not it's needed in this um in this it it was fucking hilarious and it like does reset my my sort of like ability to 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 get uh anxious and and sad again so I I'm so great I'm so grateful for it I'm so grateful for it um what else do I have? Um, the other thing that I think this book does really in particularly very, very well is um, it shows exactly kind of like what Anakin's plan was, like sort of post uh, pledging himself to the Sith. Um, it gives sort of more... Um, it it tells us like what what he wants to do what he like what he's actually thinking of besides just like oh fuck i guess i murdered a man so i might as well go full sith at this point um because we already have this sort of idea that he he wants he's doing a lot of this to protect padme in particular um he's feeling slighted by the jedi council he's rankled by like sort of um whether or not he can trust obi-wan and just all of like obi-wan's a little bit apparent shiftiness um and all of the stuff that, that Palpatine has to say about the Jedi Council and what they care about and stuff like that. Um, and so he is sort of like feeling slightly detached from them and he is um, worried about Padme and wants to save her and also getting egged on by a man while he has literally not slept or eaten in, in days. Um, but he also like what he reveals is that he's going to like kill Palpatine and, and like take over the, the world or whatever. He, he like bows fake respectfully when he's on a holo, holo call with him or something like that. And, um, then he tells Padme, um, Palpatine will make himself into the most hated man in history. And when the time is right, we'll throw him, we'll like tear him down. Um, and so his whole plot is like Palpatine sucks and he, everyone's going to hate him He's going to, like, let him do his whole evil thing and do whatever he wants. And then at some point, he and Padme are going to, like, kill him, overthrow him or whatever, and he'll be the hero again. Um, and I think it's, this is rough because, like, Anakin, you can't just be evil for, like, five minutes and then, like, say, oop, take back. Like, there's no take backsies on murdering children. Um, but, but also, like, you know, for a sleep-deprived man um, who's super fucking paranoid that the love of his life is going to die. Um, this is not a bad, <laughs> this is not a bad plan. <laughs> like, it's not a good plan, Anakin. It really is not. But it's also, like, it's a plan. Like, it's not just sort of what the vibe we get from the movie is, like, he's like, fuck it. I might as well be a Sith at this point. Like, I, I've got to save Padme. I, you know, what else can I do? Um, instead, what we really get is his, his actual plan is I'm going to learn this stuff from from Palpatine that I need to, and then we're gonna kill him, and then we're gonna be the emperor and empress of, of the place, and you can do your politics and make everybody happy, and it'll be great. Um, and, you know, yeah, so, I, I don't know, I like the, I like to see sort of how, like, what his thought process is as Vader, what his, what his, um, his goals are, and sort of, like, where he's going, where he's leading this, because, that that is the thing like Anakin is very reactionary when it comes to doing stuff he doesn't he doesn't think a lot he just jumps straight into it um 
but he also like does stuff for a reason. And so it's nice to see this motivation and not just like, uh, everything is crumbling apart and he's trying to like grasp at straws. Like that is true. That is sort of what's happening, but he's, he's logical about what straws he's grasping at. Um, what else do we have? Um, we have the, the very good line of Obi-Wan looked at the best friend he had ever had when he like finally sees, um, Anakin and goes to fight him. Um, Anakin says, um, uh, I'll give you a chance, Obi-Wan, walk away. Like for old time's sake, basically like, I'll let you walk away from this fight. If you walk away from this fight and go like retire on a planet and don't fight for, for, for a while, like, I like, I'll, I'll give you a ring when me and Padme are like the, the, in charge of this place. Um, but like, because I, I used to love you, like, go, go away and I'll let you. And that's like such a, that's something that's so powerful. It's like, it's a little worrisome that like the lives of all of the literal, like however many innocent children were in that temple were not enough to like sway him, um, from like Sidious's plan, but his one friend is, um, but also like, it just shows how much Anakin cares about, about Obi-Wan and, and like that he's willing to like kind of throw away part of the, this, this Sith master's plan to be like, listen, like if you don't fight me, I won't kill you. Um, and again, I don't think that that's something that happened in the, in the, in the movie or at least, excuse me, or at least not as explicitly. Um, but yeah. Uh, there's also this bit where, like, another little bit with 3PO and R2 where they go and help Padme, which is really cute. <clears throat> I'm losing my fucking voice because I've talked about this this goddamn book for... This will be... This is, like, going on my third hour because I had to repeat stuff. Um, anyway. <coughs> oh my god, I'm, like, genuinely losing my voice. Um, the other thing that's really cool is, I, you know, I talked about this, the, the battle descriptions that we have, that we have the the combination of, um, you know, th this flowery language and this precise language and stuff like that. And towards the end, it's very, um, it's very like flowery language. And, you know, there, there's a little bit of description when it comes to, to Anakin and, um, Obi-Wan in particular, which I'm grateful for. Of course, like, you know, this is such a good visual battle that it's kind of hard to like translate it well to, um, to a book. So I'm glad that they don't try too hard to like capture every single single move um but the one thing that they do do that's really cool is um they build up the the battle of yoda versus palpatine as this sort of like light versus dark it's like the culmination of of like thousands of years of like jedi versus sith and blah blah blah, blah. and it's like this whole big thing um but what they say about anakin and obi-wan is uh this was not light against dark or good against evil it had nothing to do with duty or philosophy, religion, or morals. It was Anakin against Obi-Wan, personally, just the two of them, and the damage they had done to each other. Ah, eh. A lot of the less, a lot of the rest of this is just gonna be me reading quotes and then being like, oh my god, they're so good. Um, see, I didn't think I was the kind of person who was like really into mutually assured destruction as like sort of sort of like characters um i'm i'm so i'm i'm i don't tend to like tragic ends but like there's nothing that this could have been other than a tragic end you know um and so it's there's something there's something so powerful of like this is just personal like this battle is not 
good versus evil. It's the two of them and the damage they had done to each other. Um, And the quote from earlier is, uh, after thousands of hours in lightsaber sparring, they knew each other better than brothers, more intimately than lovers. They were complementary halves of a single warrior. Like, like that just makes me nuts. Like, this idea, um, again, another thing that I, like, never really thought too hard about was this, this, um, like, the, the student becomes the master. That, like, this is somebody who you have taught every single swing of the blade to, who, um, you have, have shown every move, who you, you've brought up for, for ten, ten plus years, um, you've who've you've practiced with for for countless hours who has been by your side almost every single time he has um like wielded this blade um and who you've like you know seen start to improvise and learn more on his own and and stuff like that and through this like intensely physical activity of like you know uh, always being at your side in battles um dooku has this line that he like says in the beginning of like you know it's clear that the two of them have like worked together to perfect their like their sort of like tag team battle like strategy and stuff like that and they're like two complementary halves of a single warrior it's just it's so it's so good it's so good um uh okay what else do i have to say um, I'm slightly disappointed they didn't give a little bit more weight to Obi-Wan's final monologue, the like, um, you were the, you were supposed to be the chosen one, you were my brother, blah, blah, blah. Um, they just kind of, like, lump it all into one paragraph of, of dialogue, and I kind of was, like, expecting a little bit more, um, like, uh, like, it, it to break up a little bit more and, and not be... Uh, like to to have some more of like thoughts in between some of those those sentences, and I'm kind of sad that they didn't. But um, yeah, so it was just like a chunk of text, um, and then after that is, um, I think the only like truly questionable thing that I that exists in this book, which is um, um, a sort of Obi Wan's justification for leaving Anakin for not killing him, um. Now, see, I had always read it as, like, he loves this guy so much that he's not gonna kill him, that he he can't bring himself to do that. Um, this book kind of posits that that's, like, genuine, like, that is, like, explicitly the wrong reading, re- the wrong reading, that um, at some point during the fight, Obi-Wan um, has this realization that he has to let his love for Anakin go, and that's when he starts to win the fight. Um, I don't like that. I, I, I don't like that. Um, and that instead it, it gives two other reasons for why he doesn't kill, um, Anakin. The first one, it says, uh, it would be a mercy to kill him. He was not feeling merciful. Um, he, he, you know, kind of like makes him, makes him out to be a little bit vengeful. Um, in like, you know, he kind of wants to see Anakin suffer, which like I can understand a little bit as a reading from the, the sort of like, you know, loving him too much and like, being so angry at him because he loves him so much kind of thing. Like, I can sort of see that. Um, But then it goes on to say, um, he would not, uh, he like still is following the Jedi way. Um, He would not murder a helpless man. Um, Which like, again, like, I mean, maybe like, I can also see that as like factoring into part of it of like still his, his morals. But like, I, I genuinely believe that like the majority of the reason why he 
doesn't kill him is because he can't. Um, it you know they say earlier on in the in the the fight he's like deflecting blows in order to 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 um, in a certain way so that way he's like not actively trying to hurt Anakin. Um, and so I think that that is still like kind of the case here is he like realizes he still needs to kill him but he 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 just can't. Um, and that's that's the reading I'm gonna choose to to hold on to because I think that it's the right one. Um, anyway. Um, <clears throat> Oh god, I'm fucking losing my voice. Um, next is the the good quote from Yoda, the thing that I am so glad that he says. He says, Too old I was, too rigid, too arrogant to see that the old way is not the only way. These Jedi, I trained to become the Jedi who had trained me long centuries ago, but those ancient Jedi of a different time they were. Changed has the galaxy. Changed, the order did not, because let it change, I did not. Um, and then he also says later on, um, Jedi training, the sole source of self-discipline is not, when he's talking about Luke and, raising Luke and Leia, like letting them do their own thing and then bringing the Jedi way to them at some point. Um, and so this is like the exact point that I like was trying to make is that like the Jedi, um, way is so frustratingly rigid and like, it shouldn't be. And it's, it's so detached from, um, reality that uh they they you know it's so insular and detached from reality that it like stops being functional um and i'm like it's so nice to hear. it's so nice to hear yoda say that thank you yoda thank you thank you so much um the other thing that happens at some point um when they're talking about like raising the kids uh yoda is like or um yeah yoda says like a father you wish to be young obi-wan um and he says uh, Obi-Wan says and said, more an eccentric old uncle, I think. It is a part I can play very well. And it's like a funny, it's a funny line. Like, you know, it's kind of like a mood. It's, it's a silly eccentric old uncle kind of thing. But also it hurts a little bit because like, we like we saw what happened the last time he tried to play dad. Um, Darth Vader happened. And like, to be fair, Obi-Wan, I think that if you tried to play dad to Luke, um, you would not make another Darth Vader. I think I think we'd be fine. Um, but it also, like, this kind of vibes exactly with, with my, my thought of, um, if Qui-Gon had lived and Anakin had been raised by Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan was sort of like this outside, like, older brother figure that, like, was not the ultimate disciplinarian, he might have been able to have, like, even closer a relationship with Anakin, or maybe not necessarily even closer, but, like, it would be, certainly be very different, um, and it might um, change some stuff. Um, and I think this this maybe comes from my own sort of, uh, my own thoughts on like parental relationships and sort of um, the fact that they're like inherently going to, to fuck you up um, and like uh, that they can't be like completely wholesome in any way. And you know, that's just my personal experience and, and opinion about them and stuff like that. Um, breathing life into this idea that like Obi-Wan is sort of like an outside older brother figure is going to do more good for the character. Um, so I'm like, so, you know, as much as I'm like, no, Obi-Wan, you could be a good father to Luke, father figure to Luke. You, you could have raised him. I, I do kind of understand where he's coming from, where he's like, no, I don't want to take responsibility for another kid that I fuck up. Um, yeah. Um, 
Okay, and now the other thing that I have to say um, is the, the, the Qui-Gon reveal in this book is also very well done. Um, it's done so much better than in the movie. I think in the movie there's a throwaway line that Yoda has at some point where he's like, um, Qui-Gon, like, it sounded like Qui-Gon, the, the Force spoken, it sounded kind of like Qui-Gon's voice or something like that. Um, and then he tells uh, Obi-Wan, like, you've got, a, you've got a new master and he's the master, no, I've got a new master, you, the old, your old master he is. Um, and it's something that they have to do because, like, it's it's something they talk about in uh, the, the 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 original trilogy that this idea of Force Ghost and that Qui Gon tells Obi Wan how to do it. Um, but in this book, they bring it out like throughout the book and in multiple really cool ways. I think the first way is um, Obi Wan when he's talking to the Council. He says something along the lines of like, you know like in dialogue he says like i think i can even hear like qui-gon right now telling me that like uh to worry about stuff that's not come to present is like faulty or whatever the fuck he says um and then anakin later on in the narration says that like he could almost see qui-gon like standing next to to obi-wan at some point um and then yoda starts to like listen to the he's like lately like the force has sounded it like almost seems like he's been able to have conversations with the force instead of just listening to it and those conversations sort of sound a lot like Qui-Gon and then it's like this reveal that like Qui-Gon actually has like you know become one with the force and now is like a, a fucking force ghost um and it's like a really cool reveal at this point as opposed to like just a the kind of weird like throwaway thing that they had to shove in there at some point um in the movie in order to make the next movies make sense which I really liked. Um, and now here comes the reason for the the title of this in the previous episode. Um, one of Qui-Gon's quotes uh, that he says is, love is the answer to the darkness. And that is exactly the point that I am trying to make, that um, the lack of attachment isn't the answer for the, the pain that attachment can bring. Instead, the answer is love, and you just gotta have more more love. Um, um, and um, where was I going with this? Yes, oh yes. So I, I have to gently say, unfuck Qui Gon Jin for that that really that really solid reminder to us all that that love yes is the answer to this darkness. Um, what else do I have? How did I, how did me re-recording this make this longer than before? I, I don't fucking know. Um, the parallel hospital scenes are another thing that I think work out well in the movie, but not as much in the book. Just because you, they they aren't parallel in the book because you can't really do that for the fun like scene to scene thing. Um, so it's a little a little sad. Um, but it you know it's still very it's still very good um the other thing that is very good is sort of the the um the the start of darth vader though um so i will pop on over to about where that is in this uh okay yes because it's another um second person thing um which i think is like so inspired that like you like you are experiencing the birth of Lord Vader, like you are being born as Vader. Um, and it's such a cool moment to put the reader in, um, into his foot, into his footsteps. Um, but I will read it again. 
This is how it feels to be Anakin Skywalker forever. The first dawn of light in your universe brings pain. The light burns you. It will always burn you. Part of you will always lie upon black glass sand beside a lake of fire while flames chew upon your flesh. You can hear yourself breathing. It comes hard and harsh, and it scrapes nerves already raw, but you cannot stop it. You can never stop it. You cannot even slow it down. You don't have lungs anymore. Mechanisms hardwired into your chest breathe for you. They will pump oxygen into your bloodstream forever. Lord Vader, Lord Vader, can you hear me? And you can't, not in the way you once did. Sensors in the shell that prisons your head trickle meaning directly into your brain. You open your scorched pale eyes. Optical sensors integrate light and shadow into a hideous simulacrum of the world around you. Or perhaps the simulacrum is perfect, and it is the world that is hideous. Padme, are you here? Are you all right? You try to say. But another voice speaks for you, out from the vocabulator that serves for your burned-away lips and tongue and throat. Padme, are you here? Are you all right? I'm very sorry, Lord Vader. I'm afraid she died. It seems, in your anger, you killed her. This burns hotter than the lava had. No, no, it is not possible. You loved her. You will always love her. You could never will her death. Never. But you remember. You remember all of it. You remember the dragon that you bought Vader forth from your heart to slay. You remember the cold venom in Vader's blood. You remember the furnace of Vader's fury and the black hatred of seizing her throat to silence her lying mouth. And there is one blazing moment in which you finally understand that there was no dragon, that there was no Vader, that there was only you, only Anakin Skywalker, that it was all you, is you, only you. You did it. You killed her. You killed her because, finally, when you could have saved her, when you could have gone away with her, when you could have been thinking about her, you were thinking about yourself. It is in this blazing moment that you finally understand the trap of the dark side, the final cruelty of the Sith, because now yourself is all you will ever have. And you rage and scream and reach through the Force to crush the shadow who has destroyed you, but you are so far less now than what you were. You are so you are more than half machine. You are like a painter gone blind, a composer gone deaf. You can remember where the power was, but the power you can touch is only a memory. And so with all your world-destroying fury, it is only droids around you that implode, and equipment and the table on which you, uh, you were strapped shatters, and in the end you cannot touch the shadow. In the end, you do not even want to. In the end, the shadow is all you have left. Because the shadow understands you, the shadow forgives you, the shadow gathers you, its you unto itself. And within your furnace heart, you burn in your own flame. This is how it feels to be Anakin Skywalker forever. And so that shadow that it's talking about is this, this metaphor for Palpatine that it makes earlier on in the, in the book. But um, I don't know, like the parts of this that are so good is like... Um, first off, that like you know the 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 um recognition that this uh, the recog- recognition that's the word um that this was a selfish act that you know as much as as a lot of Anakin was like his love for Padme there still is like the sort of selfish arrogance that he has of thinking he's the the chosen one and all powerful and thinking he's better than everyone else and. Um, sort of wanting that power in the sort the same sort of way that we were talking about, like um, Palpatine telling him, like you know, those who want power seek to to hold on to it or whatever the fuck. Those who have it seek to hold on to it. Um, we see that here in him realizing that it's his selfishness that killed her, like is is so like huge. 
Um, and then we also see the fact that like he, again, he like tries to kill this, this uh, Sith Lord that has made him who he was. Um, and in the end, like that's, he's all he has left. Cause he's, he's killed Padme. He's like turned away Obi-Wan. And now this man who used to be his friend, who he's like realizing was never his friend at all, like is now the only one he has left. Um, it's, it's nuts. It's so good. Um, and now the last thing that I will say, and I swear to fuck if this does not record, I'm going to be so pissed because my throat is dying and I don't know if I can do this for another fucking hour. Um, um, is, is the, the end, um, the end quote. It's the, the sort of like little bit about the, the dark that gets said before the beginning of every section of this, um, of this book it's it's like meant it was, the rest of them were like ominous and creepy and like the dark is in the 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 crevice under your bed and on the soles of your feet and it's really really cool and poetic um and the last one is this the dark is generous and it is patient and it always wins but in the heart of its strength lies weakness one lone candle is enough to hold it back love is more than a candle love can ignite the stars and you know I I fuck with the I I love the power of love. It's that's that's the thing. I, I yep I uh, love it. Real good, real good. Um, anyway, my conclusions. This is a good book. It is the best out of the novelizations that I've read so far. If you like books, if you like Star Wars, if you like pain, and if you like really in depth characterization and motivation, this is the book to read. Um. I'm going to go chug a glass of water and swear to God, I hope this uploads, um, the end.